This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you use a fork the wrong way? Do you try and dictate gifts? Do you send thumbs up emojis at the wrong time? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our amuse-bouche. Let's get in it. So for today's amuse-bouche, I want to talk about the different ways Americans and Europeans eat with a fork. This is great. I love eating. <laughs> so <laughs> as you know, Americans and Europeans, we eat a little differently with a fork. So in case you don't know, Europeans, when they're eating a steak, they will hold the knife in the right hand and they will hold the fork in the left hand and they'll cut off a little piece. And then with the left hand holding the fork, they will skewer the little piece of meat and then they will eat the piece of meat. Okay. Americans will cut off the little piece of meat and then they will set down the knife, move the fork from the left hand to the right hand, and then with the right hand, skewer the piece of meat and eat it. And then we'll put the fork back in the left hand, cut it off another piece of meat, back and forth until we're done. So this is the main difference. So how did this happen? Very long story short. And the history of the fork is fascinating. Oh my goodness. If you are interested in the history of culinary instruments, get <laughs> into the fork. There's a lot to say. So apparently it came to Europe relatively late. And it seems to have started in Italy, 1600s, maybe 1700s, maybe 1400s. And not everybody was into it at the beginning. Some people thought it was evil, but eventually it started to catch on. And by the 1700s, it felt like it was pretty common throughout like continental Europe. And even in England, it caught on slightly later, I'm told. Apparently it took a little while to get across the English Channel, but eventually, you know, using the fork made it throughout the entire continent. And before the fork came along, people were just used to using spoons and knives and their fingers. And so when the fork came along, they used it the same way they would use these other things, which was in their right hand. And you'd use the fork in the left hand if you were sort of like keeping a piece of meat down when you were cutting it. But the main party, that was all happening in the right hand. So as these Europeans with their fork habits moved to North America, which was happening, the people in North America continued to do it this way. 
this makes sense. But then sometime in the 1800s, I think, maybe it was in France, it became all the rage to do this non-switch thing where you just kept the fork in the left hand. But they forgot to tell the people in North America that this is what we were doing. Like the memo didn't make it. And so it's kind of like how we still use pounds and inches. We're just keeping it old school in North America. (laughs) So it's not that one is better than the other. It's just different. And Ms. Manor says that, quote, those who point out that the European manner is more efficient are right. But, she adds, those who claim it is older or more sophisticated are wrong. Etiquette has never considered getting food into the mouth faster a mark of refinement. So laying down the law there, Miss Manners. And when people have asked her like, oh, is it okay if I do it the European style? Can I do continental style? She says that you can if you are European, but otherwise it's in the same category as using an English accent or a French accent in the United States. Like that's not proper. We don't do that. Wow. So if you are American, you should do it the American way. Yeah. That's so funny because I clearly eat like a European all in the left. Well- I wonder, though, sidebar, you're left-handed, though. Yes. So I wonder if your inclination, because you're left-handed, is to do it, like, the opposite way. Is that part of it? I mean, I wouldn't equate it with using a fake accent. I'm going to say that. (laughs) Okay. But I am going to eat with my fork in my left hand. Okay. Because I'm not going to switch it to the hand. I might miss my whole mouth with my right hand. (laughs) Who knows what may happen. (laughs) Now, Letitia Baldridge, she actually specifically suggests teaching her children to do it the continental way. She thinks that's just better. And the latest edition of Emily Post, uh, the one that's written by her descendants, uh, that book says that you're allowed to do either one and you can even switch between them in the same meal. Woo, Emily Post. But the original Emily Post, quote, one wonders if it is considered wrong by the zigzag eaters, whoever they may be, to go up and down stairs, left foot, right foot, or do they go down right foot, stop, bring down left, right foot, Stop. Bring down left. She continues, Why an able-bodied person should like to pretend that the left hand is paralyzed and cannot be lifted more than three or four inches above the table is beyond understanding. So. So I love that. I'm right there with her on this one. Emily does not associate with zigzaggers. She doesn't know any. She doesn't understand them. So Emily really feels strongly about doing it the continental way. And this is the strongest I've felt about Emily. This is where I think, way to go, Emily. Okay. Well, you know, we all find our heroes. (laughs) So that is the main difference. I think the main takeaway, though, is that just because something is European doesn't mean it's fancy or correct. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also very delighted about the history of forks. (laughs) Yeah. I think if you're interested In the history of forks, this is a great topic, and I really encourage anybody to explore it further. And I want everybody to know at home that I keep trying to say, took a little time to get across to England, um, but Nick will not let me make any fork puns. (laughs) (laughs) No fork puns. Stick a fork in it, Leah. And we're back, and now it's time to go deep. So deep. So this was prompted by a question we got from one of our Patreon members, which was, quote, I've recently read that it is inappropriate to sign emails. Thank you. Well, that is how I've been signing all my emails for years. The reason that I was given is that by saying thank you, or apparently even worse, thank you in advance, is that you're basically demanding that the person do something for you and are assuming they are going to do it. 
Thus, the thank you. So ever since I read this, I changed my practices and I signed all my emails, best regards. This is fine, but now I'm wondering, is it really that bad to sign thank you? Good question. Great question. Sent me into a tailspin. (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking at some famous letter endings. The Apostle Paul, he ended his letters with, grace be with you. And some of Thomas Jefferson's letters ended with, your most obedient and most humble servant. I like both of those. I think those are nice. Very nice, right? Very nice. I want to make my letter endings more like those. You could. You could if you wanted. I think... I I think this is a great question because it comes down to the general etiquette concept of context. Like it often always comes down to like, what is the context we're dealing with here? Right. Like what is the relationship? Why are we writing this letter? Who am I? Who are you? How do I know this person? (laughs) Yes, for sure. So I think in general, there's formal and informal letters. And when we think about formal, which is sort of, I think, what our letter writer is concerned with. I think it can always be safe to use the word sincerely. This is beige. This is the Helvetica of endings. It doesn't catch anybody's eye. It doesn't have any double meanings. It is just a neutral thing that is fine for pretty much any letter. So I think we can always default to that. We can. I don't (laughs) personally, I understand what's being said about saying thank you is assuming. Right. But I often use thank you as, I'm not assuming they're going to do the thing in the letter. I mean, like, just thank you for reading this email. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like, thank you for your time. Okay, yes. And that's how I'm using it. Thank you in advance. Different. That's different. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think for letter endings, sincerely, I think this is my preference. Thank you, I think, is okay. Thank you, advance is not okay. I mean, unless you mean it. Well, I think you always mean it. No, I but mean I think it- <laughs> if it's being used on purpose because this person was supposed to do a thing, hasn't done it, you're following up. Oh, you're trying to just twist the knife a little <laughs> you're bit? You're letting them know this should have been a thing that was done. Thank you oh, in okay. advance. Yeah, no, if you are using that phrase for the express purpose of making a point and you know you want to make that point, well then, yeah, absolutely make that point, sure. Yeah, That's thank great. you in advance is making a point. Yes, for sure. <laughs> it's coming with a tone. Yeah, no, there's definitely a tone, yeah. I mean, I think if you wanted to thank somebody, though, I think I prefer the last sentence of your email to be that expression of thanks. Like, thank you so much for taking the time to do X, Y, Z. And then, best wishes, Nick. Oh, I like that. So I think the thank you and then the closing could maybe be two separate things. I really like that. I always try to end with like, I really appreciate blankety blank blank. And then? And then thanks, Leah. Thanks. Okay. Well, and I think the closing does show personality. So anytime you deviate away from sincerely, then we can get a little more of your personality in the email. And whether or not you want to do that, is a conscious choice, or at least should be. So I have these people who end emails with cheers. And unless you're British or Australian. I was going to say, are they British? (laughs) (laughs) If you're not, you're making a choice. You're making a choice. Well, you know, there are, but I know cheers people. There are people. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There are cheers people in this world. Yes. I've definitely, and this is not for professional emails, although I think because of my profession, I could use this. (laughs) You have a lot more slack. And I should start having more fun knowing that people expect it of me. Okay. I've signed a lot of letters, guinea pig kisses, comma, Leah. As in the animal? Yes. 
Where does that come from? I had two guinea pigs, R2-D2 uh-huh. and Tupac Shakut, who okay. were gorgeous. <laughs> sure. They lived way past how long guinea pigs should live. We had them uh-huh. for a very long time. They unfortunately have passed on, but they- Live on in our hearts. Yes. And on my phone with a lot of pictures. And I would sign things, guinea pig kisses. Um. Okay, yes. I think if you are a professional stand-up comedian. <laughs> but that was to, like, friends. It was, like, friends, and I wasn't sending that to, like, the bank. I think you could send a work email with that. You think so? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I should start shaking it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, is some uh, booking agent going to look at that and be like, oh, well, we can't hire her? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I think if you want to have a signature closing and that's guinea pig kisses, then I think have at it. Absolutely. Yeah, I need to have more fun. I gotta... But for everybody else out there, <laughs> guinea pig kisses is uh, maybe on the no list. <laughs> Unless you have really cute guinea pigs and you want to attach a picture, then send it to me. <laughs> oh, you're going to do a photo in the footer? Imagine oh, okay. I added a photo. <laughs> Oh, I can picture you doing that. Absolutely. Other things that you probably don't want to do is use an emoji for your closing. I I think we probably don't want to do that in a more formal email. And I don't love chow. I I think chow uh, needs to be done with care. I've honestly never seen a chow. You've never seen a chow? Oh, I've seen chow. On a professional email? Yeah. Really? Sure. Never seen it. See, Vero. Also on this list of things you probably shouldn't say, peace out. Stay awesome. <laughs> XOXO. <laughs> oh, I will take any of these though. <laughs> <laughs> so I think those are no. Emily Post, of course, she has of some course. thoughts here. So she does not like the word cordially because she says, quote, in New York at least, it is not used by people of best taste. Mm. She says it's condescending and pretentious. And if Emily Post is telling you it is condescending and pretentious, then that is off limits for you. You know, it's real bad. Real far. Yes. So cordially, she has some strong feelings about the word cordially. She she likes sincerely. She feels like sincerely for formal notes and affectionately for informal notes. Those are your standards. Go with that. I just wonder what happened if I, I would be taken back if somebody wrote cordially just because I never saw it. I wonder if I could slip it in. Into an email, and I wonder if somebody would be like, cordially. I mean, cordially sounds really cold. Cordially is like when in old movies they say, good day, sir. I said good day. You know? Cordially has that flavor to me. Right? Cordially, i.e. not cordially at all. As in, yeah, please go away. So those are some thoughts. For me, my go-to is best wishes. It is slightly more than sincerely but is a pretty neutral thing that no one really reads into and whether or not I actually want best wishes for you. So I think that really strikes the right tone. I like best wishes. How about with regards? With regards? Uh, okay. I mean, okay. I've never done that. I just thought of it right now. Yeah, I mean, I think whatever you do, I think you need to pick the same one for all your emails. Because if you send multiple emails to the same person and you change your closing... That gives the recipient the opportunity to sort of read into it. It's like, oh, we started with warm regards and then with regards. And now it's regards. It's like, oh, what's happening here? So I think whatever you pick, just stick with that. So if it's guinea pig kisses, then that's what it is. (laughs) I think that's a great point. (laughs) Stay awesome. 
And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV, which has the best of British, Canadian, New Zealand, like all sorts of great television. And they have tons of different kinds of shows. Oh yeah, all sorts of genres. (laughs) I'm just severely focused on crime, mystery, Murder. That's really my sweet spot. And so obviously the Broken Wood (laughs) Mysteries from New Zealand, this is up your alley. Very up my alley because it combines my love of murder mysteries and my love of New Zealand, which was born from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, anything said in a seemingly quiet country town where something goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is up your alley. Also, they have a big city detective move to said small town, having to work with the local police and they have a a different way of doing things that everybody finds to be a bit (laughs) jarring. So up my alley. So check that out and use promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my Books of the Month, but for multiple months now. So Books of the Months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're (laughs) going to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you guys in the wilderness. Ow! Our first question is, quote, I work in a small office and my boss is the COO. He directly oversees three people, all female. Every year for the holidays, he sends us all the same thing. A huge caramel, chocolate, and nut-covered apple. The first year I worked for him, I thought, how nice. But then the same gift kept coming year after year. I appreciate the thought. However, I never end up eating the apple with all the other holiday food that's around during that time. And it sits forgotten in my refrigerator until sometime in January when I inevitably throw it out. I feel so wasteful about this and I wish I could just say thanks, but no thanks. I would prefer no gift at all to the guilt that inevitably comes with the apple. I can't even do what I normally would do with unwanted food gifts and bring it to the office to share. Is there a polite way to opt out of receiving a gift from my boss? Can I suggest he try sending something else? Or do I just need to get over it and keep throwing away the apple until one of us retires? Good question. I wondered if I'm being a jerk face. (laughs) Okay. I circled this. The guilt that inevitably comes with the apple. Mm, Why was this a highlight for you? I highlighted it because my question to our letter writer is, do you actually feel bad about throwing away the uneaten apple? Or do you actually feel bad that your boss keeps giving you the same gift when you don't even like the apple? And instead of putting it outward, you're putting it in on yourself. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I get the idea of food guilt about like throwing away perfectly good food. Like, I get that. You've been given the same gift every year by the COO and you're going to feel guilty? Yeah. I mean, I would. 
I would. And that is why I'd like to look at this letter writer and say, you know what, Leah Bonema, you shouldn't feel guilty. You're not giving yourself an apple three years in a row. Fair. Okay. Well, I think my first thought is that there's no polite way to decline this gift. So the idea that, oh, we're going to tell the boss. Yeah, no, the, no. But then I wrote, no, no of course you can't. No, you can't. You know, we're not going to tell the boss like, oh, this year, would you please not give me the apple? Like, that's not on the table here. But you could just give it to somebody else. Yes. I mean, is there no other option here? Are you not invited to any other holiday party? Do you not have a neighbor? Do you not have a relative you're going to see? Like, is my only choice to put it in the back of the fridge until January? Is that it? Yeah. Re-gift that. Yeah. Re-gift it. So that's my first thought. I mean, I guess you could start dropping hints in July about some new dietary thing that restricts your ability to eat this apple. Oh, I just went to the dentist and I can't have any caramel. <laughs> right. My guess, though, is that a boss who gets you the same thing and all your coworkers every year isn't going to hear the hint and take it. But probably what's happening here is that you say that you like the apple. And so the boss thinks, oh, this was a good gift. They liked it. I'll do that again. They liked it so much. That's probably what's happening. That's a good point. Right? It's true. No, that's a great point. Now, what if we did Secret Santa? Maybe this is the solution, that we all draw names and we get somebody else a gift. Now, inevitably, if we do this, your boss will still draw your name and you'll still get the apple. But at least we will improve our statistical odds that you won't get the apple. (laughs) One of the things I appreciate so much about you is Mm -hmm. that besides having an answer to the question that's like the answer. You also have ideas of alternative options. I mean, I don't want to leave you empty handed. No, so I love that. I don't want to just say like, nope. No, so I love that. So you're, you're going to suggest that our letter writers suggest, which I think is a great idea. Let's do Secret Santas this year. Yeah, I, I think that might be our best bet. And for sure, they're still getting the apple. You're definitely getting the apple. Yeah, sorry about it. But it's worth a shot. I do think it's fine to re-gift it. I don't know how you could... Tell them thanks, but no thanks. No, that's not on the table. Sorry. Yeah, you can't do it. Nope. Our next question is, quote, This weekend, something happened, and I feel like I might have overreacted because I grew up with strict and well-mannered parents. Ooh, good intro. I currently live in Belgium, and as everyone does here, went sunbathing in the park. While minding my own business, two kids accidentally hit me with their soccer ball. No harm as these things happen, but they then proceeded to act like the ball did not belong to them and ran back to their parents. When I returned the ball, their mom just waved at me and there was no, sorry for hitting you, or thanks for returning the ball. My mom would have dragged me by the hair to apologize after hitting someone. Is it wrong that I got annoyed by the passive way that the mom and kids reacted? I should also add that I do speak the local language, so it was not a situation of miscommunication. In my opinion, not teaching your children basic good manners is a crime against humanity. I would just like to say, yeah, as an aside, if you say, I feel I might have overreacted, uh-huh. we're looking forward to what you did. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you did nothing rude or you didn't even respond. You did very little. Yes, there was barely a reaction. You brought the ball back. There's no, you definitely did not overreact. I, you, I don't even see your reaction. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's barely anything to hang my hat on here. You didn't really do anything. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So we can say that for sure, you did not overreact. Yeah. If I said I'm afraid I overreacted, the thing that I did was an overreaction. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there was a public disturbance. I probably cried. Um, I said some things. <laughs> yeah. So you're not wrong to be bothered by this. 
be just being bothered is not overreacting. No. And if this happens in the future, I, I guess if the parents or the child wants to pretend that the ball doesn't belong to them, well, then don't give it back. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was yours. Guess not. I guess I'll keep it. <laughs> yeah. No need to return something that doesn't belong to them. I wish that people could see the face you're making <laughs> with the response. So I think that's an idea. Like, don't give it back if they don't want it. But yes, I, I guess what could we've done differently? I mean, you can't scold them. You can't demand an apology. You can't hit them with the ball. That is wrong. No, you can't do that. No, but I think that I guess you could. And this feels really, I'm shaking my shoulders for people at home. Mm. This feels really, but what Nick did, you could, if you just put the ball next to you and waited until they came over and asked for it, that feels really cutting edge. Um, (laughs) It's really saying something, but at the same time, you're not being rude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if they feel like they want to disclaim all responsibility and ownership of this ball, then I think that's a perfectly fine option. Yeah. And I do take some comfort in the fact that bad manners is global. It's not just an American problem. It's a global problem. It's everywhere. That is true. Nice to know that kids everywhere are acting up. It's universal. Yeah. We're all suffering through the same problem together. I guess you could, but this is not on our upfront, direct, non-judgmental tone, when you return the ball, mm-hmm. you could return it with a a look that my Nana would give, like a you-know-better look. Yes, you could definitely return it with disappointment. <laughs> that's, that's it exactly. Mm-hmm. Return it with mm-hmm. disappointment. I'm not mad your kids hit me with a soccer ball. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> So our next question is, quote, for my birthday, a relatively recent friend gave me a copy of The Handmaid's Tale. Obviously, I'm grateful that she gave me such a thoughtful gift, especially since it shows that she gets me. Usually when I write a thank you note, I like to share a little about why I appreciate the gift. I read it in one sitting, or I plan on taking this to the beach with me. In this case, however, I read this book back in the 80s and given its dystopian nature, I'm unlikely to reread it. Do I tell her that or do I just say, thank you so much for the thoughtful gift and leave it at that? If I do that, what do I say if she asks how I liked it? I don't want to lie. I love everybody's commitment to honesty. I appreciate that about people so much. Yeah, it feels like a little too honest sometimes. Well, you know, I'm, I'm all for honest. it. I do love honest. <laughs> I do think that you don't need to say, I'm not going to read it. Definitely not. Especially since you really appreciate that this person got you, that they get you. It is an appropriate gift. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think people like to know that you like something. Yeah. And I don't think you need to always give them the whole story. So you can say that you appreciated it, which you do. And you can say that they get you, which they do. Yeah. And then we just leave out the part of like, oh, I'm never going to read this. And then if they directly ask you, Mm. which is, I also can't lie. I mean, I can. I don't want you to think I'm incapable. I just don't like it. (laughs) Okay. I think you can say it was one of my favorites in school or whatever they said. Mm -hmm. I loved it in school. I'm so excited to have it in my collection now. Great answer. Yes. Yeah. And you could say like, oh, I haven't gotten to it yet, but it's on the list. Yeah. So that's how I would handle that. But yeah, don't tell them that you're never going to read it. Yeah. Especially, especially since you feel like they understood you. Exactly. So we'll certainly read your questions. So send them to us. Send them to us through our website, rerasedbywolves.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Send us a text message, 267-CALL. 
RBW. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And we're back. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent! Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I'm going to vent. This is a very vague vent. Okay. I'd like to make it vague. I'd like to make it vague. Okay. Is this to protect the innocent or the guilty? This is protect those adjacent Mm, you don't want any collateral damage. I want no collateral damage. Okay. I would just like to say that if you are going to do a carpentry project <laughs> in an area where you have close neighbors. Sure. And say that carpentry project is going to last for more than a week or two weeks. Uh-huh. And you are going to be doing that carpentry project from sunup to sundown. Uh-huh. I think that maybe, maybe you would want to go to your neighbors and say, Do you have any important phone calls you need to make over the next three months? Possibly an interview that maybe on that day would be one day that I could take off from the constant sawing that is now (laughs) going through your windows. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just a thing that I wanted to mention. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, you are absolutely right to be enraged by noise that's incessant and unending. Totally no problem. Unending. Unending. I'm sorry. I would think that you would go and discuss it with other people to be like, I have to do this for this amount of time. Apologize. Do you have like a day of the week that maybe maybe that day you would not like to have a migraine? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But uh, <laughs> nice doesn't always happen. Yeah. So for me, I would like to repent. Doesn't happen often. Take a this moment. Is, I can only think of two other times. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often. So a friend of mine uh, had a relative that was very ill. And uh, this was kind of going on for a little while. And obviously, there's a lot of conversation with my friend about like, oh, what, you know, what's going on and how's it going and, you know, getting kind of updates, um, you know, because that's a, kind of a, a big deal. And so I'm coming home from dinner and I'm in a taxi and it's like a pouring night. It's just like raining. And, and so we pull up to my building and I'm about to use like the little touch screen to pay and, you know, pay with the, my phone, you know, Apple wallet kind of thing. And I'm kind of juggling all this. And my friend texts me through Facebook Messenger and says that this relative has now actually just died. Oh, no. Um, And I was like, oh, gosh. And so I see that, and I was like, okay. So I finish the transaction in the cab, and I kind of get out of the cab um, and kind of get through the rain and into my building, and so now I'm, like, soaking wet in my building. And I look at my phone, and in the Messenger app, which is still open on my phone, I had accidentally hit the thumbs up (gasps) to this message (laughs) about somebody just dying. 
And then the thing about Facebook Messenger is if you hold the thumbs up thing down for more than a second, it actually gets bigger to show <gasps> even more enthusiasm about whatever it is. And so the largest thumbs up sign in response to someone just dying is now on my phone. And of course, in like the three minutes between getting out of the cab and into my building, my friend writes back and was like, what? You know, obviously she was like, what are you saying? Are you excited about this? So I would like to repent and apologize for the several minutes that went by where my friend thought I was like, woo, um, about this very sad news. Uh, definitely was an accident. I definitely apologized in real time, but I do still feel bad about it. So I would like to repent for this obvious etiquette mistake. Shouldn't have happened, but it did. And I'm taking responsibility. I would like to say that I make noises because I can see myself doing that exactly where you just hit something <laughs> right. and it goes through. But anybody that knows you knows that oh, you would yes. no, never. I, I, no long-term damage to my reputation was yes. done through this. Because you're such a caring person. Oh, of course you feel bad because you're a caring person, but it was a genuine mistake. You were, it was raining. You were hitting the apple yes, pay. No, I, it's a I, sensitive I, It would thing. be surprising for me to intentionally give a giant thumbs up to horrible news. So, Leah, what have we learned? I was so excited to learn about Forks. Right? It's about time we started talking about it. Mm, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> and I learned that guinea pig kisses is an acceptable way to end an email if you're Leah Bonima. I mean, it's a step up from when I just did the Vulcan long live and prosper hands. Okay, I'll take my victories where I can. <laughs> well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. So for your homework this week, I want you to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter so we can stay in touch with you. That's all. Please. I love it. Yeah, that's it. Just visit our website, pop in your email address. We want to stay in touch. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness. I give you 30 seconds to say nice things. Ready, set, go. Well, I would like to say a big thank you to you, Nick. Oh, what did I do? Because Nick surprised me. Not only so kind, but also a complete surprise. I go to the mail. There's a box there. I keep being like, did I order something? And then I get in the apartment. I rip it open. And it mm -hmm. is a Mahjong set. Ah, uh, Mahjong. And we had, had a conversation. And I, I said how much I'd love to learn. And I didn't have a set. And that was, we, we talked about it once. And then what an amazing delight. So caring and thoughtful and kind. And thank you so much. Oh, Buyong Kochi. And for me, I would like to read a nice review that we just got, which is, quote, the best parts of this spectacular podcast are that it's short, sweet, simple, and snappy. The rapport between Nick and Leah, that's us, is to <laughs> die for. And these two are definitely my dream dinner guests. Be careful what you wish for. We will show up at your house. Oh, we're there. <laughs> the worst part of this podcast is that it doesn't have enough episodes. I audibly gasped when I reached the most recent episode and realized I have to wait weekly to be entertained by these two and cue the tears. I just couldn't handle it. I haven't found a single podcast as entertaining as this one and have gone through the episodes twice now. Leah's howl will forever resonate in my heart. So that's very nice. My face just turned into a heart. That was like the nicest thing. 
So thank you. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.